some feelings and few people have the power to make us whole others are like weapons lethal gas the chatter or soul have you ever been so broken that acid tears burn your hopes have you ever had the doubt chase the horizon or live like a ghost when flowers bloom from a broken heart from the labyrinth within its core what essence do they have how far their stem can go if you can hear me my darling i can tell you what i know some blossoms have the scent of melancholia unable to reach the surface afraid to grow others are breathe in new beginnings eager to reach the light of the sun let us pray gracious god thank you for this wonderful time of worship as we look into your word may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you o lord and our rock and redeemer amen myself and my wife sucharita we are so joyful and glad to be with you this morning uh, after a couple of years i know th- these are all the things coming up and now we call everything as post covid season and uh, we are so glad to be in this renovated church i remember i was here with you when you had a combined service in the hall and the church was under renovation and i am so happy to see this beautiful space that god gave us to come together spend time together worship god and also learn from each other and uh, i believe every day is a new day to learn something new and you know what i learned today a new thing is anpf i asked humphrey what is that anpf which is there next to my name i thought some title and he said it's all nation presbyterian fellowship what a wonderful joy <laughs> to learn this beautiful aspect beautiful theme and the idea of inviting people from different nations and having the common meal together having the common fellowship in the presence of god and i'm so glad that we are having this wonderful fellowship this morning i also remember you have wonderful traditions in in the in the in the church the last time when i went met uh, pastor jo- joel said that he was traveling to other nation to go and be in other pastors space live there and share their share whatever they have there and do the uh, 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 service and ministry as well as the same pastor i guess he came over here and did the same thing such a beautiful exchange program that you all have most of the churches have forgotten that aspect of exchanging and living and sharing together and i'm so glad you still continue to hold on to those wonderful uh, aspects of life in church we we all know that we are in the post easter celebration right the second sunday after easter and uh, we all have our own personal experience experiencing the power of the resurrection the resurrected christ 
in one or the other way and through which God enable us to know God, how God would do wonders in our personal life, in our family life. That's a beautiful experience and I'm sure I believe that everyone, all of us who are gathered here, we all have our experience experiencing that beauty and power of the resurrection in our lives. And uh, I think it's something like a, an experience of a marriage because the atonement is done once for all. Christ died upon the cross, that's it. He died once for all as well as he rose again from the dead, that's once for all, forever. That's the beauty of the power of the resurrection. And, and those who accept that, and those who invite Christ in their personal life, it is a one-time moment. Either it has been done somewhere, down when you were a kid in the Sunday school, or somewhere while you were working, or when you are traveling, or in your family something happened that, you know, triggered your faith and led to Christ. There are many ways Christ encountered with us, and that's once for all event. But the mystery is experiencing the resurrection forever is the second phase of life, right? Because culturally, I know in many cultures, there is a saying, marriage is done one for all, but the actual marriage begins after the marriage event because you experience the life of the marriage life all through your life. So in a similar way, experiencing God's power and the resurrection is once for all, but it is a continuous process. It is a continuous process as we walk in the presence of God, as we believe in God, and as we experience the wonders that God has, you know, set for each one of us in our day-to-day -day life. So I believe that, you know, scripture says that we need to save God, we need to keep it pure and holy in the presence of God, in the sight of God, so that we will not lose, we will not defy our, you know, our experiencing God's presence and our intimate relationship with God. So that's the power of resurrection and we, I believe that we are all in that path of experiencing the resurrection of Christ in our lives. Uh, I work as a, as a hospice chaplain, I work for several other uh, uh, healthcare centers including the trauma one center in Richmond and one of the things I see when people dying, when a person is dying at the age of 90 or 100 and the spouse sits next to that person and asks me as a chaplain, chaplain can someone help me to lie on the bed with my spouse and hold her as she dies. That's a beautiful experience, right? Love, you know, loving God is like, it's, it's like falling in love with the same person and again and again. Experiencing God, Lord Jesus Christ, again and again, though we accepted Christ long ago. It is like falling into the love with the same person and growing together and experiencing those intimacy, those intimate uh, relationship and the moments. So this morning, as we look into this uh, wonderful passage of uh, St. Luke chapter 24, we have that uh, uh, message coming uh, in the same line what we are having this 
Sunday as All Nation Presbyterian Fellowship. That's a beautiful uh, theme that I got this morning, though I was preparing on this uh, sermon earlier. So we know what happened after Christ was resurrected. Jesus appeared to different people at different occasions on different times. Mary Magdalene, the other woman, they are the one first who saw Jesus and, you know, started to witness about the resurrected Christ. They went and told the disciples and Jesus appeared the second time at Galilee with the disciples except Peter was not present at this at that time. And the third time he met people on the way to Emmaus and two of the disciples were having the conversation with Jesus Christ. And, the, and that later he, he met the disciples in a closed room who were afraid and scared what, what was going on. And again he met a couple of disciples who were fishing and he prepared the breakfast there and you know gave them that wonderful fellowship of meal together. And Jesus appeared again in, the, in a closed room as well as at that time he he asked Thomas to touch his you know, arm and his side to you know, feel and testify that Jesus is resurrected, their own master. And later he met with several other people, James, and you know, even the Paul's con conversion where Paul had that beautiful experience of Jesus Christ. In all these events, in all these sequence of events after the resurrection, the common theme what we see here is a terrifying, a traumatic experience what the disciples had. Disciples were afraid because of the political reasons. Disciples were terrified with the incident of the death of their own master. They were scattered, they started to scatter from each other. They started to feel that loneliness in their own personal journey. They felt disconnected from their master and the things what, they, what, what was going on around them. The whole overarching theme what we see and understand from all these sequence of incidences is nothing but a terrifying experience, a traumatic experience, scared, afraid, loneliness. You remember when Jesus, before dying, before taking up the cross, what Jesus did? He called everyone, twelve disciples, made them sit next to, the, next to him and started to give that Eucharist experience to them. But after the death and after the resurrection, it was not possible so easily because everyone was scattered. They were not able to come together and sit together with the Master because they are terrified, they are afraid, they are lonely. It reminds my own story. When I, you know, migrated from India in 16, 15 and 16, after serving the church, I belonged to a church called Church of South India, which is a union church of Presbyterian, United Methodist, Episcopalian, uh, Marthoma, and several other denominations. So we, we, we are called Church of South India, is a union church. And I served there like almost 20 years, including my seminary uh, life. And after working culturally in India, church is a home for pastor. 
and pastor's home is always open 24/7 any parishioner can come and knock the door and ask any any help here i learned those boundaries that's that's a different subject we can talk later but you know coming from that culture uh, started a new life here joining with my wife it was so hard for me to you know cope up with the challenge because i left my church which is my family i started to experience the disconnectivity with my family and my and my own people and you know when you apply to a traditional churches like this the application stays there for long time it was like more than 2 years i never heard from my church here in united states and then I, i was thinking what what i'm doing here you know started to explore several other ministries and had a beautiful encounter while i was doing my chaplaincy at vcu which changed my whole life and understanding about the ministry and the chaplaincy dear friends there are many among us and in our community who are terrified who are lost who feel lonely and disconnected and this beautiful passage reminds us different this morning so so the 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 after resurrection experience is that that continues forever and ever so i picked up from all this sequence of events i picked up this passage from st luke chapter 24 what happened this is a beautiful passage this is a beautiful example of the ministry especially for the for the pastoral care or the chaplaincy i love this passage because jesus demonstrated himself as a wonderful counselor here you know what he did very carefully he skipped into their into them while two of them were walking and joined with them in their conversation and started to ask hey guys what were you talking can you tell me something more then they started to tell but before that they said are you the only stranger that you don't know what happened and they started to tell every sequence and all the stories all the narration what they had experienced and seen and witnessed and everything and at that point jesus started to take the support of the scriptures and you know throw to them don't you remember these scriptures the prophecies which were you know prophesied long long ago and have been fulfilled and he started to you know uh move their heart towards to a uh, faith because they were shattered and they were scared and traumatized and and Jesus tried tried to remind them but still even then they could not recognize Jesus and the next thing what he does is can you tell me more can you tell me more what happened and they narrate the whole story and jewish tradition is that when you see people in the tra- traveling along with you and if they are if they don't have don't have space to stay, stay they invite them to stay with them and they share their meal and their space and to talk and you know take some rest those are the hospitality aspects which the disciples did by by just simply following the tradition the tradition what they had in their in their culture so they invited jesus to stay with them and at that time when he broke the bread that's the time when they started to recognize their own master a simple gesture demonstrated by the disciples a simple simple gesture just inviting jesus into their space and that changed 
the whole thing, dear friends. What a beautiful, beautiful experience. In the beginning they said, are you the only stranger that you don't know? And the same people who said, are you the stranger? And the same stranger became an intimate stranger to the disciples. In fact, I will say that they became strangers now because they were not able to recognize earlier who Jesus was with them. And I, I use a beautiful pastoral image in my chaplaincy ministry. Uh, you know, Robert Dykstra, who used the image called intimate stranger. And the intimate stranger pastoral image reminds us there are three aspects which are practiced when you meet a new person and invite a person or sit with that person, try to share those things. The first thing what we do in the chaplaincy ministry is to share the biological needs, you know, give those needs. If someone is traumatized in the trauma center, you give some water, create some space to sit and breathe well, you know, or process that trauma or call someone to connect with them and tell the story, tell the suffering, what they were going through. So the intimate stranger, the first aspect is meeting the biological need. The second is the political and cultural needs. We need to, you know, chaplain has to speak on behalf of the people, the patients, because they are unable to speak for themselves. Chaplain plays an advocate role to speak on behalf of those who are in need, who are being oppressed and helpless. And the third important aspect is the theological space, giving space no matter what faith they, to what faith they belong. It doesn't matter, but creating that space to enable them to talk about their faith and feel that godly presence, the divine presence. And the other beauty is that sometimes chaplain becomes an, a, a, a different new person because while listening to the patients and their stories, even chaplain recollects their own suffering and the painful experiences. And the beauty of that fellowship in the in a, in an intimate for being as an intimate stranger is is to know each other, share each other, share to each other, and feel that experience of communion together, caring and community together. Therefore, dear friends, let me just close with this beautiful uh, passage reminds that when you invite a stranger into your presence, you feel that intimacy of Christ. You see the, the Christ resurrected in the, in the lives of others. I remember one beautiful story which changed my life when I started to feel, uh, feel that loneliness here in the United States. I was called while I was working in the hospital. I got a page saying that a patient's husband want to see, see you. And I ran and saw them because I met that patient earlier a couple of times and she wanted me to be there when her husband is at the bedside. I stepped in and sat with them for some time and started to listen to them. I know the story already, but the new story, what they reveal is, the husband said, you know, this hospital room is my and our new home. The bed room became their new home, a home away from home. They gave a message to me and they created a space to me to live together, to sit with them as part of their journey and they gave the space for me to connect to them as one among them. 
and I saw my own story and realized that I found a new space, a new home away from my own home. What a beautiful experience, dear friends. And that's the same thing happened in Gospel 24. They just invited Jesus to be with them and shared the, shared the space to them. And when Jesus broke, they saw the resurrected Christ. And I'm sure you are all committed to call, to, to call to the ministry that you are called for. And we all, we all know what is going on around us now in the world. The Ukraine people, brothers and sisters, are being migrated to different nations. And some of them are here in our own community. And I want to leave with a question and a challenging question to each one of us. How the church is responding to the broken people and able to serve them and allow them and give the space to live together and experience the power of the resurrection. May God bless you.